Hey everyone, coming up, we're celebrating November 5th, 1955 today on uh, a very, very special episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. So, live from the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Universal Edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is episode 64 of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation. Please visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hey everyone, oh, Great Scott, I am your host, Craig Scott. No. Williams. <laughs> Okay. It's actually my middle name. Oh, okay. Yes. So. I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> I will pull out my driver's license here right now if I have to. Get to Chris prove. Williams on the horn. I need proof. No, this isn't the trip. We just don't text my parents in the middle of the show. <laughs> um, and I know you don't watch the trip, so that did happen. That did. Uh, I assumed week. from your context clue sentence. Yes. No, I uh, I am Craig Scott Williams. Uh uh, the long backstory with it, though, but I did actually work in a restaurant at one point in time where my manager's name was Greg, so they needed to change my name to Scott in order oh, no. for, to stop the confusion, and then eventually it turned into Great Scott, so for a short period in my time, I was living back to the future, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah, I remember that part. In a way. Yeah, okay. But yes, uh, it's not just about me, obviously. It kind of just is. Mostly. But, uh, yeah. Just mostly. Uh, but also joined with me today is a, uh, is a cold Jenny Lynn Knopp. Cold? A cold day in Jenny oh. Lynn Knopp. Hi, everyone. Well, that's because it's cold where we currently are. Yeah, it's actually a, what? Fri- it's nine- a, a brisk oh, 88 degrees. A brisk 88 <laughs> degrees, you don't say. Well... You know who knows a lot about 98 degrees, degrees in the back? Our very own gay trap, <laughs> Ryan O'Clavin, <laughs> who today I think he's Marty McFly, maybe? Uh, yeah, I'm Marty from the future. This is my Halloween costume. I made this. And that hoverboard on the table. Yes. Oh, oh there is a hoverboard on the table. Just floating. It's over. just floating hovering. right there. Yeah. It is hovering. Yeah. We're, we're going to green screen that candle out, right? Uh, <laughs> yes, we will. But okay. I mean, well, don't ruin that for the people who are just listening. For the ones who are just listening, uh, I tr- trust me. There oh, is a on. hoverboard floating on the table right now. What does a hoverboard sound like? Um, why are we? Why are we talking about the sounds of hoverboards? So people listening think it's hovering. Yeah, we'll throw in the sound effects later. We okay. don't need to do that right now. Uh, yeah, so we have a really, really big episode today for you. Uh, of course, this is being released on November 5th, uh, 2015, uh, the year of our Lord. And, um, <laughs> oh, God. I think that's what it's referenced as, but yes, because that's obviously a big day in Back to the Future lore. That is the day, you know, that Marty... Uh, made the Twin Pines Mall into the Lone Pines Mall, mm-hmm. as well as, well, you know, Doc Brown hanging a clock in his bathroom. and Slipped right on that wet porcelain. Yes. Cracked his head, and when and he what, came to... What happened with that? He slipped. Yes. And um, then... And then hit his head, and yes. when he came and to... And then came to... And then <laughs> he drew this. I wish I had had it on a piece of paper. He, he came up with the flux capacitor. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What's so important about this flux capacitor? The flux capacitor is what makes time travel happen. Yes. It's well, the... it makes time travel possible. Yeah. 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 Come on. Okay. You're going to quote it, quote it, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. okay. Yeah. And I was then... going to scream that it works, but I don't have it in me to, I don't know how to fix the sound that yes. well, so it would just be a mess for everybody. Exactly. And then, of course, the most important thing that happened on November 5th, 1955, it the was the day that the Lorraine Baines officially became incestual with her <laughs> oh. not-yet-born son. Yeah, we just um, went there. Oh, did you have to? Those Californians. <laughs> <laughs> a crazy time to be alive. Hillvalians. Yeah, we are all there. Uh, and, um <laughs> We are going to be coming up with that, but before uh, we get any further into that discussion, and it's, uh, I guess I still haven't even said what that discussion's about. We're actually going to look at <laughs> Back to the Future, the ride uh, that is no longer there, uh, replaced with Simpsons. We've had a lot of feedback uh, in 
in the previous months about people wanting to learn more of Universal's history and know what was there before. And obviously, we've referenced stuff like Jaws and Back to the Future a lot on this show, uh, but we haven't really ever went in-depth on them. So this is the first round of it with Back to the Future. And um, yeah, so before we really get a grasp into that, I'm going to throw it back to anyone who has housekeeping. I know Rhino's got housekeeping. 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 JL, do you got any housekeeping? Housekeeping. No. No? I wish you could have came up with something after I just butchered the word housekeeping <laughs> six times. But No, my house is already in order. Okay. Rhino, yeah. go ahead. Be the master of your house. Well, Sunday I got to do um, the social media meetup um, at uh, for the last night of Halloween Horror Nights oh. at uh, Universal Orlando for Halloween Horror Nights 25. Jack's Last Laugh, I believe, is what it was referred to as. The Last Laugh. The Last Laugh, the yeah. The Last Laugh. Um, and it was actually, it was quite a treat. Um uh, they brought us into. Uh, I thought they were just going to give us the, the um, like tickets to the event, um, but they brought us into this uh, room. We, they took a photo. Then we they went into another room, and it was just this big hall that had um, like a dead band playing. Mm. Like they were, I'm assuming they were part of the Maniacs because they had the white makeup on and stuff like that. But okay. so they were playing music. Um, there was a lot of. Uh, Oh God! What what am I looking for? Elizabethan is that the right word for the people that are dressed the really fancy the like masquerade type? Vic- yeah, yeah, I would say mm-hmm. Victorian. Um, they were kind of all those people were moseying around with like the blood that was coming out from under their mask and stuff. And then they had all these food stations set up everywhere. They gave us drinks, the um, desserts. Um, that was really cool. And then we uh, and then chants came out, and then uh, we all had to recite the Jack's Maniacs. Um, oath mm-hmm. that was given to us on our lanyard and um when we did that and we shouted that jack came out and uh he did a he murdered somebody and um so they cut somebody's throat up on the stage that was interesting yeah yeah that was a little graphic <laughs> sitting there eating my pasta watching <laughs> someone's bleed to death um, well they didn't actually die i just want to make sure you do know that they are alive uh oh it was a oh, well i feel much better now okay yeah a little more. The nightmares might stop now. Good. Um, but what was cool is they also let us do like a meet and greet photo op with them, which I guess was, it was like us. And uh, I think you said the media, they did that with like the media event too. Uh, some people had options. Yeah. So, so I went up and got my photo with him. Um, and I was a little nervous to do that, but he was actually, uh, since we're his maniacs, he was actually nice to us. He said, I had nice hair. And I said, he did too. And he said, he hadn't done much with it in 25 years because it looks so good but um so yeah we did that and then um got to go out and do some halloween horror night stuff so it was it was a really i have to say that um sunday overall was like one of my most positive theme park experiences maybe ever um because i had also one so what they did is when you went to check in you checked in before you got to the main entrance of the park um and then they gave you in a popcorn uh bucket uh, not bucket uh box yeah um they had all your credentials in there, and then part of that was you were supposed to, you had to find your way to the secret like place. So yeah. they had Jack's symbol set up everywhere on the ground, um, and so you kind of had to get over there and, and check in around like 5 o'clock or something like that. So th- I thought that was really cool. Um, and then while I was killing some time, um, we had been selected in the Wizarding World, uh, not in the Wizarding World, in um, Diagon Alley. For the wand show technically is the wizarding world of harry potter diagon so, alley is it okay all right so yeah so in there and um the person who was the wand keeper um was the best uh like entertainment person i've ever seen yeah. at universal orlando um yeah yeah like they they were they the experience was long it was engaged um you know and it, it was the end of the night for them i assume so that's why it was a little more but um it was that was fantastic and then on top of this event that universal for something that was a free like people had won this you know um and i was invited along as a guest so it wasn't even i hadn't even won i was a plus one so um it was just it was it was incredible how they treated the guests and how they interact with them and they they are on top of their social media because they were they were like use these hashtags and the second any photo went up they they would message yeah. and be like we want to use this immediately yeah uh, without a doubt universal is very special in how they handle their social media uh 
Disney does their Disney Parks blogs meetups every now and then. But uh, one of the big things that ends up happening with that is cast members are allowed to sign up. They're they're able to also be part of that, which doesn't make sense because for any contest in general, usually you are void if you actually work right. for the company I had that to, you're part of it. I had to and, read the paperwork a lot to make sure that like by working for the Diz, I wasn't violating a yeah. thing because I had to sign like four release forms for exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, no, and so that's why I've always I, I've been a part of a lot of the Disney Parks blog ones, but I've also been shut out by a lot of them because uh mainly because cast members are all signing up and it's not like a surprise it's i know these people are cast members because they're my friends and they've won the opportunity to take place in some of these events and granted we do get invited to a lot of special stuff as part of the media and you know there a lot of cool stuff happens at some of these events and we try not to brag about it ever because well it's not fair that people don't always get to see the side that we do the side that whenever they're wine in and dine in us because want to put on their best party. So that's why I like that Universal has started some of these social media event meetups like this one where not only do they uh, get they you know the social media people who will blog and tweet a lot but they might not necessarily get invited to the media events because they're not big. This was their chance to be a part of something like that as well as just anyone who was active on social media. They yeah. also had the chance to be a part of this. So it's nice that Universal's giving back and, you know, gave them this free food in this party environment with a couple free drinks included too. I mean right. that's yeah. a special yeah, that access was, to the characters. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was the cool part. They were like two drinks per person and but then it was unlimited soda, water, all that stuff. The, there was tons of food. The food was delicious too. It wasn't just like terrible crap food they gave us like it was really good there was like pulled pork sliders with like coleslaw you could put on it there was like a vegetarian pasta that you could also add chicken to if you wanted there was i didn't even go to all the tables because i thought like oh i gotta eat before i go just thinking like okay i've got to just go do this and maybe i'll get a lanyard out of this or something like that but they took they took really good care of people i met um a couple listeners so there was brian and then there was a gentleman named vance i want to say it was either van or vance i he said his name once, but he was a big fan of the show. So I, you know, it was, that was cool too, that there were some other people, but I have to say universal. It, I was very, very impressed. Very, very cool. cool. That's good to hear. Uh, well, I guess I don't have any housekeeping either. I wish I did. I just don't. So with that, let's jump into it. And I'm going to preface this by saying right up front, uh, of the three of us in this room, only one of us, Rhino has ever actually had the opportunity to I don't know if you could tell by the way I was dressed. (laughs) Yeah, uh, he's the only person who ever had the chance in this room to experience the actual attraction itself. Uh, It was closed before my time, starting to go to Universal, JL, same for you. Mm -hmm. So Rhino has distant memories of it as a young lad Mm. from Mm. way back in the day. Not that distant. But very distant. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, it closed in 2007, so it's a little bit of distance on there. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, that's just time. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's just, just common sense. It's 2015. It closed in 2007. That's eight years. Yeah. So my memory is not great from yesterday, let alone eight years ago. But that's more of my fault for that. But we won't get into why Craig has problems. Uh, that's <laughs> that's for a different time and place. Or why Craig refers to himself get in Chris, the third person. Get Chris Williams back on the phone again. <laughs> <laughs> that's a not. Uh, so, yeah. Rhino's going to come in with the chief expertise. I've uh, I've read up on Back to the Future of the Ride everything uh, as much as I could. And one of the biggest helps along the way is that way, way, way back when, uh, when the ride was still around, a team member was apparently smart enough and this is the folklore that i've read online so i'm not sure and i'll i'll even be honest and preface this by a lot of this is very wikipedia and just uh wiki heavy in general well it's it's unfortunate um, because when this when the ride was around and at its prime like what people weren't the way we are right now you know what i mean so there was and and universal wasn't at the level it is quite yet now i feel like you know so i don't think are you talking about as far as documenting things on the internet is that what you're referring to yeah well and then preservation in general i think it's it it relied a lot heavier on people having like an actual 
you know, camcorders in the theme park were not as common as they are right now, where no, we carried around with exactly. us everywhere That's, and stuff. You know. People didn't document as much back in the day as they do now. Yeah. Now, I mean, we literally, we have our jobs based on it, so, uh, our jobs in specifically, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm doing off of a lot of stuff that I read, including Wikipedia, so burn me, slash me later. I know this is stuff you could just read, but maybe you don't want to take the time to read it. That's why I'm actually speaking it out to you. So apparently a team member back in the day had you know access to the the Laserdisc copies of the pre-show movies and the, the full show, and so he completely broke the rolls and <laughs> copied the master disc onto VHS tapes and then was selling bootleg copies of the back to the future of the ride experience all around. And so this obviously with the internet, these eventually made their way onto there and they're all over the place on YouTube. Uh, Universal saw this, understood it instead of really trying to, um, Instead of trying to do something about it... You mean squash it? Squash it. Uh, they just chose to, whenever they had a re-release of all the movies on DVD, hmm. they put in this footage that they had from the ride still, because they had all the original copies, so they put it in on the DVD release. There was a little bit of cutout, from what I understand. It wasn't the full, complete uncut. Just a couple small things that didn't make it on there and then uh whenever they released the 25th anniversary blu-rays they also put it on that too so that way it's more accessible people who didn't get to experience the ride can actually have a way to do it and i gotta tell you this is this is worth buying the set alone really just to have that i mean their blu-ray sets they put out for back to the future are incredible oh the the special features are extensive yeah. like they're it, they are like whenever people are like oh the unknown like i feel like there's very few little known facts about back to the future because of how extensive the dvds and blu-rays are like that's where all your information is right oh, there yeah and of all of them still this is my favorite portion of it because i didn't get to ever experience it so i can basically without you know being in the institute of future technology and having that whole area surround me at least i can see some of the stuff that i would be seeing and the ride through portion of this alone is awesome because instead of just you know taking the video footage that they had of the yeah. actual ride through they even at the bottom of the screen they have on like a like kind it's of a, like it's a like an rendering. animated version of what it would look like sitting in the car because they did have in the car you had uh, Biff kind of popping in and ridiculing you and Doc Brown uh, popping in too and saying stuff. So you you have that dashboard on the bottom of your screen too. So it tries to as accurately as possible recreate the ride experience. And yeah, it's never going to be as good as actually just going there and riding it. But you uh, have no other option at this point. <laughs> no, technically, no. There it is still open in one place. So. Uh, Back to the Future the Ride opened up at Universal Studios Florida in on May 2nd, 1991. Then it was followed in June 1993 at Hollywood. And then in 2001, it opened up at Universal Studios Japan, where it is still open to this day. Is it the same? Um, do you know if it's the same ride? Or, like, or did they change the video because it was 10 years later? Same, same exact ride. So it is still from. So what you're everyone. saying is, this is for the reason why we need to go to Japan. Uh, exactly, I'm on board for that. No, this is this would be one of the biggest selling points as to why I need to go to Japan so I can <laughs> see this. And I don't care how strict their filming or photography policies are there. I would, I would be willing to get p- kicked out of the park just solely so I could document the experience of actually being on a ride like this or any of the other ones they have out there. But it is still running in uh, in Japan, whereas it closed down, like I said, in 2007 back in Florida and then in Hollywood, too, to make way for the Simpsons ride, which, you know, we've, we've talked about it on the show. We talked about it on the Family's Guide last week. Uh, it's not a perfect ride by any means. It has gotten better with the addition of Springfield USA, adding to the whole element of the theming of the land. But overall, uh, I think there's still a longing out there from a lot of people that why did you get rid of something like Back to the Future? But that's that's Universal's way. They're not going to sit there and let something 
age itself and look any more awful. That's why it's good that there's attractions like E.T. that are just spectacularly timeless. Well, and I think also there there was like that moment for them too where um, they were like, we got to do something. Like This was before Harry Potter, you yeah. know? Or I think Harry Potter had been contracted, but they hadn't broken ground yet. Because Harry Potter, the theme park, I had heard about it before I moved to Florida. And that was 2007 when I moved here in September. And Back to the Future closed September of 2007. So they must have known. But so that was the beginning of their whole big, like I, I would say, uh, renaissance. Um, but I, I feel like if it had made it through somehow, I don't think, I think it would still be here. You know what I mean? If it had been the last thing they closed, I think they might have redone it or something like that. But unfortunately, it was the first one on the block. Yeah, I mean, one of the hardest things about this to maintain a Back to the Future ride is kind of what we've even talked about two weeks ago on the show whenever it was uh, the the day after Back to the Future Day, October 21st. Uh, the source material hasn't aged well either. I mean, you look at it, the effects don't look good. So it would be hard to even upgrade a video to look like something because it would have to be a complete original creation because that's not what the movies look like. The ride's an original creation, though. The ride's an original creation, but, I mean, the whole first start of the ride takes place in Hill Valley in 2015. That's true. So, it's, that's, I mean, to upgrade the ride, they would have to completely reanimate and go beyond the movie and go beyond what the look that it had in the movies. I want to know if I could take a sidestep here real quick. uh, I'm going to let you step one foot over if... I like what you're saying. I might let you go too. Okay. <laughs> so I have this theory about that. Okay. So we had the Back to the Future Day. I saw all the movies in the movie theater. You know, I own them. I've seen them a million yeah. times. But I was thinking like, okay, we're in 2015 and they made that really cool commercial with Doc Brown where he comes out of DeLorean and he says, it's 2015. It's not what we thought it was going to be. You know, some stuff is here. Some stuff isn't yet. But that just means the future isn't written yet. A really nice little message. And I was thinking like the 2015 we saw in the movie was the 2015 from their original timeline, which then got messed up when they went back. So I feel like, and then they went into the Old West. So I know 1985 was similar, but how do we know that Marty having such a positive life wasn't the reason why 2015 is the way it is? You know what I mean? Like when those movies end, we actually don't know what the 2015 looks like for Marty McFly. So good one. Um, Yeah, you caught that. Yeah. (laughs) So that's all I'm going to say is that's how, so that's in my in my mind, that's how I'm okay with that movie always, 2015, and that movie always looking the way it does then. Because I feel like when they, in by the end of that movie, that future is erased. It doesn't exist at all. Okay. I, I think I'll allow that tangent. So that's... I already allowed it. I'm just throwing it there. But, but yeah, well, that's how I think, like, it kind of... You were saying the thing about the ride. That's where that thought came from. But anyway, on to the ride. Okay. Yes. So I, I already mentioned it before. Um, Institute of Future Technology. This was the building set up for it. It was Doc Brown's Institute uh, of Future Technology. And that's where this entire adventure takes place because uh, you're visiting the Institute as a volunteer, apparently. And uh, you're going to take a ride on one of Doc Brown's uh, just really it's an eight passenger DeLorean. It's amazing that they made it big enough to seat four across, uh, just it's, like it's it was just, almost supposed to be a theme park ride or something. Yeah, it's crazy how all these stories that we see, they're always making these extra large vehicles for some yeah. weird 16 passengers and eight passengers. Like I, I could have swore that a DeLorean looks no bigger than for three people across, but he found a way to make it for four people. And so your whole point is that you are going to get to do kind of like a time travel demonstration and go through it. Um, so what ends up happening? Well, Biff gets involved. because Young Biff. Young Biff. Um, the Biff from 1955, from, I believe, what the Q videos told you. So I need to yeah. pull up my notes that I took on this because some of this stuff is I for, I um, is great. I th- yeah, he had he. I think it was like Doc Brown or somebody was in 1955 with the DeLorean and he like yeah got back on it and yeah that's that's, that's, one how, of the, that's why it's young biff yeah there's a little bit of like uh promotional material about the institute of future technology and i'm starting with like the pre-show videos that i actually got to watch because of the blu-ray and dvd so um you know doc comes in and says that biff took the time take has taken the time machine uh and is visiting from 1955 and that's where we start to volunteer to help to 
find Biff before things go really wrong. But along the along the way with this uh, video, the pre-show, there's a lot of fun segments in it. Like my favorite one was Doc on the March, and it was uh, it had videos of like kind of old timey uh, production reels, like Think of Up on like the stuff that, that he's watching before the movie on and then also on like Indiana Jones the ride out in California how they run the video with Sala but this was Doc Brown how his time travels took him back into different places so like they show him with Thomas Edison and yeah. getting a signed light bulb from Thomas Edison and then being at Kitty Hawk when the Wright brothers had their first flight and they make an awful uh, hover conversion joke is part of it. Like they didn't get much further with hover conversion <laughs> technology, and uh, then they show him with Alfred Einstein before he then sorry. moves on to who's Alfred Einstein? Oh my God! I'm sorry, <laughs> Albert Einstein. <laughs> Alfred, Albert. Albert's little known stepbrother <laughs> wasn't Albert. quite as smart. That was a that was a Craig <laughs> not. That was a Craig reading instead of actually... Hey, you know who I bet Alfred Einstein's friend with? Alfred. Kyle. Batman. Ky- no, Kyle Bassa. Kyle Bassa. Seems like they'd get along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he shows up in a Richard Nixon portion, and then uh, he's there with the Beatles whenever they land in America in 1964. So uh, it's, it's kind of cool that they filmed all this stuff, obviously, in... Uh, the early 90s for that and then whenever Forrest Gump rolls around in 1994 that was a big portion and of course Robert Zemeckis filmed uh, he filmed Forrest Gump as well as Back to the Future however he had nothing involved in this ride uh, for the most part did Bob Gale or anybody did they come up with the story I think Bob Gale helped a little bit with it I'm sorry I don't have that in notes or anything I think Bob Gale did well he's usually very heavily involved in Back to the Future stuff because I know he wrote the story for the games and he also um, is currently working with somebody to write the comic book which is about which is like that four issue thing where it's about how Marty met Doc and all that stuff yeah, um, yeah. Bob Gale was one of the writers. Okay, so 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 it's it's good. Yeah, so it's got his stamp on it. Uh, Alan Silvestri came back to do music for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only technical main characters that came back to do it were Christopher Lloyd reprising his role as Doc Brown, as well as uh, Thomas F. Wilson doing his young Biff. But I mean, the guy hasn't aged, so it worked. No, I mean, he looks exactly like Biff in the 1985 movie. So, like, six yeah. years later, the guy looked the same. However, Thomas F. Wilson, what he looks like right now. Oh, he's aged now. He looks exactly like old Biff. Yeah. Which is scary because you're like, man, they really predicted. <laughs> they, they nailed it. They did that aging well, in that movie. Well, minus the Wonderful. hair and the shame and the sadness <laughs> and all that. Uh, he's, he hey, seems like Mr. a very McFly, happy guy. I almost raped your wife. Oh, okay. That, no one ever talks about that part of that movie. It always bugs me. Okay. I didn't write We talked about it now. Yeah. Go I on. Need it. <laughs> so, oh, back to my notes. <laughs> Alfred Einstein again. Um, <laughs> and then it just keeps going on with some uh, some fun videos along the way. So Biff eventually uh, becomes involved, and that's whenever you find out that he's in the Institute of Technology, and uh, the security's all looking around he's for like him. and yelling, hey, Doc Brown. Yeah, just very. Oh, but okay. I'll I will flat out say this just from watching the video. Uh, it's great that uh, Biff and Doc were in this and they were able to be a part of it. But it's almost like they're playing parodies of themselves because yeah. they are acting over the top. Something they didn't do in the movies. Um, and then it, they even try a little bit too hard to sometimes make things happen. So like whenever. Biff is trying to escape from the security. They do this like marble gag where he's uh he drops marbles or something round on the floor, and so the security runs and slips and falls in it, even like in the movie. And then he follows with the line, "Have a nice trip. See you next winter," instead of "See you next <laughs> fall." Just like stupid. Like okay, I get that he does. They were, they were like, "We need Biff wrong, to but... have the terrible, the terrible quote." Yeah, but they didn't really need that. And, uh, you know, he ties up security guards and then leaves a note on them saying, I'm a butthead. 
because he had an affinity for the word butthead in the movie. So little stuff like that that probably didn't need to exist, but still found its way into the ride. And uh, it was parts like that that really made you kind of cringe while watching it. It really did uh, age it to a certain point. But then again, we also know all three of us aren't really a fan of fart jokes, and unless they're done tastefully and correctly, <laughs> which uh, Universal doesn't do. No. Haven't mastered that yet. <laughs> yeah. So, Rhino, do you want to hit on any uh, recollections of the actual ride itself? Um, do you remember it? Yeah. I, well, I remember like going up to the building because the DeLorean used to be um, in a circular, like, fenced-off area yes. in, right, right in front of the building. And I was always so fascinated by that that they had had the movie car was like out there in front. I don't know if it actually was. Yeah, but it's one of the three movie cars. I believe it's they the said second one. Yeah, they, the Hero one obviously was restored, and it was part of that NBC Universal experience out in Hollywood until they uh, until they got rid of that, and now it's back in storage. But even that one, before, it was being driven around like on Universal property and was used as part of promotional materials for it. The one here or the one that was The restored? one that was in Hollywood. Yeah. Ours has always just been in that shape. I think it was the second, and then the third... Uh, movie car, I believe it was sold to a private collector or something. I can't remember. I watched that back in time documentary, but I started drifting off. I haven't watched it yet. It. It's it's starts off strong and then it kind of goes well, downhill until when they get in the fan section. Of yeah, it. that's what that's what my friend said. She said the first part's really good on like that sort of stuff, but then it, it's a movie about the fans and stuff. But um, well, I remember the car being there, and the car is modeled after the car in the second movie, so it's got the um, Mister Fusions on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't remember the train being there when I was a kid. I'm sure it was. I mean, it's there now in the park. I just I don't I don't remember being quite as fast. It must not have been front and center like that. But that car was like right there. Like yeah. I think the queue actually might have went around it or something. Even like since that, I yeah, the car used to be right out front. Whenever I first started to go to Universal, the train was actually in a different spot than it even is now. Now they put it right outside of Springfield where the train and the DeLorean are there together. Yeah. But whenever I first started going, the train was in a complete different spot. Can't for the life of me think where it was, but I, I remember I, it being somewhere else. I remember, I, I don't really remember, like, I remember the building a little bit, but there was not, I don't really remember anything special about the outside of the building or yeah. anything like that. I think it had just wanted to look like an institute. So yeah. it was kind of, it was a little stark. And like, I do remember these pre-show videos a little bit and I actually, very specifically remember like warnings about the ride like if you have back problems don't go on the ride if you have this problem and i remember being like i'm i was a very timid um and i guess i still am but um ride rider when i was a kid okay and so this is i want to say this was the same vacation where i was almost struck by lightning and uh that was also or this is the vacation where I paralyzed my hand. So I haven't had successful uh, vacations in Florida as a child. Mm. I've had some very close calls in my life here. But um, so I was like, we were about halfway through the day, maybe even three quarters of the way through the day or something like that. And I was just so fed up that I, I never go on any rides because they were always like scary or thrill rides. And when we got to the Back to the Future part, I was like, I'm going to I was like, it's Back to the Future. Even as a kid, I was like, I know I have to do this. This is like a movie I love. Um and uh so we did i went on with it was just me and my brother and um and like i remember getting into the delorean and uh i remember it just being the when i came off like the most amazing experience i still remember elements of the actual ride too like if i hadn't watched the video on blu-ray i could tell you a lot of the ride still Hmm. um so that's how much it like stuck with me i saw i want to i it was either 1993 or it was 1998 it was either when i was there in third grade uh it was third grade or it would have been eighth grade i want to say it was or somewhere in the middle maybe but it was in that time frame so i was you know i was younger um like nine eight or nine i guess so um what else do you want to know like what i remember Uh, we'll we'll go into the ride here be real quick but um Before I go into that, I actually did read up a little more even since we started talking, and I got the plot a little more into how Biff actually took the time machine. So uh, it's obviously Doc and his whole family, because the third movie still exists in this whole reference of the movie. Uh, It happens right after. They're living in 1991. Yeah, uh, Clara, Jules, and Vern, they're all there. They're in Hill Valley, and uh, he opens up the Institute, and then 
uh, before he's doing this whole volunteer work with everyone coming in to test the new time machines out, the eight-person time machines, um, he traveled to 2015 to make sure that everything, and this is where your theory goes out the window. That was the whole reason he went to 2015, to test out and see if everything was fixed in the space-time continuum where he Uh. sent other scientists to, to... 1885 as well as then move on to 1955 so then whenever they were there in 1955 that's whenever biff was able to hijack a board and get along with it and come back so sorry about your tangent it has now been it's out well it's out the window it's out if the ride exists within canon okay (laughs) okay so let's actually go on to the ride itself so uh you board your eight passenger delorean and you are going to hit that 88 miles an hour so you can go to Hill Valley. I want to I want to pause you oh, real quick. Okay. Um I just want to say that so the the when the Simpsons overlay came in, it was literally it, it it's like they painted put up the stuff. It's the exact same. So if you're like wondering what it was like, you went up the same ramp, you went in the same entrance, you waited in that same waiting zone and you went into a room the same way you did here. Like I remember that and I remember going into the DeLorean. Yeah, and that's a good part to do too. I guess before I get too far into that, I'll even talk about the whole building structure. Um like I mentioned last week on the show, it is it's a three-story building, well, even larger than that, but the whole your experience takes on it in terms of uh, it could take place in three different stories because there's three different floors to it. Um because the actual show building itself, it's in you're in either one of two IMAX domes, and then in each one they have uh, three different levels. So it's kind of almost like picture a staircase looking at a screen. So if you're on the top one, uh, if you look up and over your car looking down, you can actually see the two rows below you. Um, but you know, if you're on the bottom one, obviously you're just getting a nice big view up, and that's actually also the best view. So it's a good tip out there for anyone and going to enjoy The Simpsons. Uh, if you want the best view, ask to be on the bottom level <laughs> or even the middle. The middle is not bad, but the top level, you really start to get the curve of the actual screen, and it kind of warps things a little bit. I don't, I don't like it as much. I I like being on the bottom, but. Uh, Uh, okay (laughs) we're moving on and we are moving on Uh, tmi and so yeah so that's how it's set up so you're in a room not in not in just one delorean kind of like star tour style like that you're in a giant room with multiple deloreans that you're not supposed to really be able to see so whenever you're each in a separate room to do your pre-show video and then your boarding process and then right as it's about to start all of the cars lift up simultaneously out of their room in, into the actual smoke. IMAX dome yeah it's it's a very cool effect still to this day the lifting up and then coming back down at the end and then you're up in there and that's when the events of the ride take place yeah yeah you nail that 88 miles per hour you go to hill valley in 2015 and you know biff because that's where biff won he stole the time machine and he went to 2015 so he could get the Gray's Sports Almanac mm-hmm. and redo all that, apparently, from what I could get from it. And, uh, well, you know, Biff's not super trained in driving the time machine and all that. So, of course, uh, hilarity and hijinks ensue. And, you know, you're sur- doing circles around Hill Valley, avoiding objects, seeing all of those highlights, though, that you see from the second movie, like the Jaws 19 oh, yeah. is there, and you almost collide with the actual courthouse. Uh, before then, you jump into another 88-mile-per-hour. You, and- you, you, do, you do shatter through a sign. I think you shatter through the Hill Valley sign or something yeah. like that because you break something. Because when I was a kid... I, I, I don't remember being able to see the other DeLoreans, but I do remember rising up and I remember the smoke and um, I remember that first hit, that first like pull where I was like, oh my God. Like, and for me, I felt like I was there. Like, you know, so this, this ride, specifically just this ride alone, not even the movies or anything like that, marked a very like important moment for me in my universal history because that's the moment where I was like, I think I like this park better than Disney. Mm. So, Oh yeah, of course as a child though, you wouldn't be able to see the cars over. You're too short that is to true. see over the walls yeah. and down and over. So, um, yeah, so then, you know, you hit 88 miles per hour again and that ends up taking you all the way back to the Ice Age 
and you're mm-hmm. flying around in the Ice Age, which, you know, watching the video back on it, it almost felt like Star Tours whenever you go through the comet and yeah. <laughs> it's all icy and fun. Rest in peace, real Star Wars, Star Tours. And uh, then uh, hit 88 miles per hour again, and then you end up in the time of the dinosaurs, and a T Rex actually swallows you even at one point. Yeah. And and I remember that. I remember being like, oh, it, when it like it grabs on you, and the I remember the pull of the ride and everything yeah. like that. And this was a very a very motion heavy ride because and I was being thrown around left and right. Because I even made the joke when I was done with my brother. I was like, oh, they say don't have back problems before you go on because it gives you a back problem. And this so is where like you also could be right in your assessment that you believe that they kept the exact same movement for the ride and really didn't even redo it from the Simpsons. That would be the Maggie part where you're in the, she uses you as a pacifier and sucking. I mean, timeline, yeah, it actually would pretty much sync up right with there. Well, and and that first hit that I remember, like when we hit the sign, there is a hit in the Simpsons ride too that has that same push motion like that. And so, and since we're following Biff who's flying, the movement of the flying machine is very erratic like that. So so that's just my theory that it wasn't reprogrammed. So uh, you get spit up by the dinosaur and then all of a sudden you end up in this very like lava yeah, heavy driven volcanic area and Biff somehow had some issue with his flux capacitor during this whole process and so then of course you have to be good and save the day and help Biff out so somehow you are able to I think we tow him or something right we, like don't you have to like tow the DeLorean or something yeah it's something like that but still it doesn't really make sense that you can also bring something back with you just if it's connected Right, because then the, the train that was pushing the DeLorean would have went with them. Yeah, so either way, uh, you know, you catch up to Biff and you bring him no. and yourselves both back to 1991 Do, at you, the you, Institute. I, don't you, I think they push him off the cliff because you're falling at one point and the meter's trying to read, get up fast enough or yeah. something like that. I don't know. I don't remember. But... Regardless, uh, it kind of goes off canon there a little bit by doing that. And uh, no Back to the Future would be complete without a little Huey Lewis. So Mm -hmm. then kick in that back in time music and fade down. And that is your ride on Back to the Future. It was just just too darn loud. Yeah, it it was. Um, So obviously, uh, obviously it just really didn't live up. Not live up to expectations. I don't want to say that. It, I don't think... It sounds awesome. It, it does sound awesome, and it looks awesome. And I just don't think that it would have a place in current day Universal had they kept it around. It Compared to the rest of the park, especially now with some of the more changes they're making, axing Twister, axing Disaster, getting rid of small stuff like Lucy, God knows that Terminator 2 is on its way yeah. out soon at some point. How that didn't go... Uh, how it hasn't gone sooner, although I still enjoy it from time to time. It's got that still cheesiness gotta, factor pay to it. For that movie, it's yeah. <laughs> uh, regardless, it. I think it. As much as I wish I would have been able to see it, I understand just from watching the videos on it that it did. It ran its time. Um, yeah, it, it's. It, it is one of those like you, you, when you watch it, you think like, okay why are we we go to 2015 for such a small part of it but the rest of the time we're in like ice age dinosaur lava there's no it's a very very barren landscapes you know what i mean like it it, it would if it was still here it would have had to close and be like a redo like there would have to be a scene where we're like driving through to see the scene from doing like a back to the future 2 where we're in the movie yeah and we're watching like marty go across like trying to hide from the mom or something you know what i mean yeah. like one of those situations now, uh So it's sad that it's no longer there, but hopefully one day we'll get out to Universal Studios Japan to actually be able to experience it and, you know, experience the entire park in general. But it's, you know, the fact that they even take the time to put stuff like they do on their Blu-ray and their DVD showing the ride footage, that, again, shows that Universal understands how popular this ride was and how much people were clamoring for it. So the fact that they still haven't really done anything about it and they haven't tried to create a brand new Back to the Future experience. It's just a little baffling. Um, instead, where what has happened is 
it's kind of transformed into the only legacy now that Back to the Future really has had in terms of Universal Studios anymore is it was the start of simulator fever for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's funny is, I again, this is a wiki story, so I don't know the truth to it, but obviously George Lucas and Steven Spielberg are very good friends working with each other on many projects, Indiana Jones. And so apparently George Lucas was bragging about Star Tours over at Disney and the simulator technology there. And so that's what led Steven Spielberg after, you know, George showed him Uh. Star Tours to want a simulator attraction in Universal for whenever it was opening up. And that uh, that obviously ended up being Back to the Future, which you couldn't pick a better movie franchise at that time or a ride right. to base a simulator off of i mean it was well the cart brilliant I think the cartoon part. was on the air when yeah that when that when the ride opened i think that was 90 or 91 or something like that so it exactly. was it was still very present for them like think about like those movies take place in 85 but the last movie came out in 1991 in no 1990 it was 90 it was 89 and 90 Okay, I thought it was eighty nine ninety one. No, it was it, they were shot back to back because at the end of Back to the Future two they show the trailer for Back to the Future three and then it, it closes and it says coming summer of nineteen ninety. Oh, yep, yeah, May twenty fifth, nineteen ninety. So yeah. I always thought there was an extra gap in there. Uh, regardless, um, Back to the Future and it started it, and then from there, in terms of simulators, the next big simulator that opened up at Universal Studios Florida would have been spider-man i was gonna say spider-man yeah and from there uh i mean obviously spider-man is still a fantastic ride Mm -hmm. it's an amazing ride my second favorite Mm -hmm. in islands of adventure it's that good uh but you know even that that was such a big progression from the standard stay in one place and just shake and move around like yeah. back to the future was then universal took it another step forward and went with that and my god watching like travel channel shows and discovery channel shows on theme parks back in the back in the late 90s spider-man was in every single one of them always talking about it because of that technology that was behind it well and what was cool is i think universal was kind of the first one to do take it from that capsule like you're like you said you're in star tours you're in a vehicle that's enclosed so it's like i can't see yeah. anything around me so it makes that like fake like you know those used those started showing up in malls in the 90s you know um and yeah and i think universal would back to the future making it not you're not enclosed technically i mean you are because you're in a building but your ride is not enclosed you're in wide open space and and i think that was a big and then spider-man followed suit with that too where it was like the screen so it's not necessarily it it's the car that moves you around i don't know i think they took an element of storytelling there that they like have run with amazingly yeah. since then. I mean, let's be honest. Back to the Future technically is just an inverted version of Soren because instead of sitting, that, yeah. instead of hanging up with your feet hanging down, you're coming up from below with a and sitting in a car. So it's just kind of that same idea, yeah. but an inverted version of it. So then, obviously. Spider from Spider-Man and that great technology that it led into using Kuka Robotics with uh, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey and just the next step of yeah. what the heck can we do to make simulators even greater and you know this is it's still my personal favorite ride in any Universal Park that I've been on I can't Forbidden Journey yeah it's my favorite in all of Orlando I was just gonna say I, I agree with Jenny Lynn that I, I think it's my favorite in Orlando yeah. too it's just something else it's there's nothing like it no i don't think there's anything like it yeah and it's, it's the category all its own for me it's the pinnacle of what they've achieved with simulator technology obviously then they use the same basis of it for transformers uh spider-man sorry for transformers and you know different but same yeah exact same idea. idea uh from there we go on to gringotts and have this amazing amazing mix of uh, actual roller coaster with these 3d effects too and i mean it's a simulator on a roller coaster track instead of on like a kooka arm or just in its own car and coming up we have a new soren style take on jimmy fallon or even whatever the heck they're doing with fast and furious supercharged we still don't we still don't even know yet uh someone out there knows but we personally don't know (laughs) Yeah, tell us if you if you we'll want to. We'll keep it quiet. Uh, but 
and yeah, a lot of this has come at a big backlash and that people are getting sick of simulators mm-hmm. at Universal. Uh, Sometimes literally. Yeah. yeah. Well, most of the time, literally. And that's that's the main thing I hear from people. It's like, you know, I want to go there and enjoy these rides, but the simulators just make me sick. Even mm-hmm. no amounts of Dramamine can even help after one simulator, after another, after another, right. after another. And that's, it's a problem. Yeah. I And, I, you know, it, it's funny because I, as a, you know, I, I remember having, I've suffered from motion sickness since I was a kid because I remember like at one point, I I don't know if it's because of concussion I got or something like that, but I remember swings started to bother me sometimes. Like, and this ride, I never, I don't remember having that feeling ever at all or anything with this. And then they replaced it with The Simpsons, which is literally probably the ride that if I don't have the Dramamine, I 100% know I can't do it. And even if I have the Dramamine, I'm like, I'm taking a risk here. And it's just so funny that, it's it's flipped for me in that in that way but again i've already said that in the last show where i think it's because it was a real it was real life stuff in front of you whereas the simpsons is animated stuff so i think there's always that disconnect yeah in defense of it you can see why it's all moving in that direction because it's easier. so much yeah. easier to update and oh, yeah. make the changes mm-hmm. it's smart from that perspective but it is hard on the on the park guests to go from simulator to simulator to simulator. And in my opinion, you do lose something, you know, as opposed to going through a live environment. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm obviously a fan of live environments, but at the same time too, I, I understand universal's aspect of using that is we want to immerse you as much as we can into the, into the ride itself, the situation, the mm-hmm. story, the plot line. And with some of these, I, I think it was even in the Jimmy Fallon that without the use of simulator technology, they don't think they could tell that you story. Right, they couldn't exactly. give it the justice that it deserved right. uh, to be told with. So I, I guess I kind of do understand it, but yeah, there are some, there are some instances where the story can't be told quite the same way without that. I mean, this this is going to Disney, but try to picture telling the Star Wars story through Star Tours without having the simulation of going light speed through galaxies. Yeah. You know? And uh, honestly, that's probably why a lot of what happens with any of the expansions, even if they won't admit it, it's probably going to be based a little bit around simulated technology because yeah. that's for better or worse. It's yeah. just it's kind of it's kind of coming to that. Yeah, no, it is, and you know, but at the same time too. If we went back in time and told them that this is what the state of Universal would be like, where they get did you do that on purpose? Yeah, (laughs) wink, wink, wink. Um, At the same time, I don't think we could go back and ever say like, okay, by doing Back to the Future the ride, you are setting the groundwork for what will be this booming resident or booming uh, renaissance of simulated attractions in 3D. And would it be worth it? Well, for stuff that's like Transformers that we don't really need transformers in the park. No, but for something like forbidden journey or Gringotts or or Spider-Man for those Mm -hmm. ones, you know, God bless the fact that they made the decision to do back to the future and Mm -hmm. do it that way and start that whole idea of being able to have simulated technology and inside their theme parks, because it gave right there three, the top three attractions in my book on of any of the parks in terms of thrill rides. And then, Probably even general. I know all parks in Orlando. Oh, good. Yeah, actually, I'd probably even say all parks in Orlando. Okay, I'd make that statement. I I would agree with it. Um, I agree with you. And that's coming from me loving everything about Disney. But you know, if I was if I came to Orlando and I was only given the option of doing three things, that would probably be the three that I would choose. Well, I mean, it. You think to yourself, like, what's the thing that like, what can nobody else do? You know, I don't know. Those are three, like, one-of-a-kind experiences. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you, there's nowhere else. Like, a roller coaster, you can do a roller coaster anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, oh, cool, Rip Ride Rocket, it's themed. The Hulk, they're themed. But they're not, it's not an original, you they're know? They're still roller yeah. coasters. Right. So, it, yeah. Forbidden Journey, I mean, for sure. There's no, you'll never find that yeah. arm thing anywhere yet. Exactly. Not yet, anyway. Yeah. No. Uh, not in a moving form. Obviously, there's Kuka Robotics even at Epcot. Sure. Inside Interventions, the well, sum of all thrills. But yeah. Uh, but other than that, it's 
you know, there's none else out there that are actually moving around on a track, which is what made that ride so revolutionary. Um, and it all, you know, in my opinion, it all stems because Universal wanted to do Back to the Future, and that's where we're going with it. So, God bless America. Uh, I don't know what well, else to say well, about it. I, I do love have a, the explosion <laughs> of patriotism here. <laughs> um, it's like that guy watching the last scene of Smallville on YouTube. If you've never seen that, he just starts screaming America. Um, uh, it, so, Back to the Future was an opening day attraction, though, right? Or no? Or was it right afterwards? If it was 91... It should have been. The park opened in 91. I don't know what the actual day the park opened up with. It might have been that. Um, well, because my, my thing is, is like, look at what else. So they, there's like Jaws, E.T., this stuff. Like, there was nothing like Back to the Future in the park then either. So it, it was its own unique entity at that time, too. And I, and I know that Universal sometimes, like we said, has that name for being like a simulator. And some people are like, oh, the simulators. But... I don't feel like that. I don't feel like they're simulator heavy necessarily. I mean, I think they're using it. They're heading in the right direction, whereas we were worried they were going to go like the Toy Story Midway Mania route, which mm-hmm. to me, I know everybody loves that ride, but that ride, it's nothing. It's screens that you're shooting at. Like, I understand. It's, it, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, yeah. there's no innovation there. So no, everyone loves that ride mainly for the interactive element of it. That's what, that's yeah. what the appeal is there. It's not the... It's not the screen technology or anything like yeah. that. So the park opened on June 7th, 1990. So it came about a year later. Okay. I need to start memorizing it. It's sad that like I know the exact opening dates for all the Disney theme parks, but I don't know that you for Universal this, either. Get on that, show. I mean, uh, I'm I'm gonna, well, de- yeah, I know. You're going to be demoted from main host. It's just <laughs> it's something that it doesn't really stick. At least the Disney ones. Rhino is coming easy. for your job. <laughs> The Disney ones are easy because October 1st. That's simple there. And then with Animal Kingdom, it was Earth Day. And oh Hollywood God. Studios, it was... I already forgot the date. May. <laughs> what, what day Earth Day is? 1990? What'd you June say? 7th. Oh, June 7th. Okay. Yeah, Earth Day is April, April 15th. Are you sure about that? Yeah. I thought it was April 20th. Or is it April 13th? No. Nah, bruh. Isn't it April 15th? It's somewhere in that April week. 20th? I, don't, I thought it was April 20th, but I'm not going to, you know. Hold on. I'll bring back our guest star who hasn't been on the show for a while. Chris Dude. Williams? <laughs> yeah, Chris Williams. She hasn't been here. By the way, um, our drinking word this episode, it's Chris, Chris Williams. Williams. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't get that. Hey, Siri, what day is Earth Day? Oops. Siri, what day is Earth Day? Earth Day is on Friday, April 22nd, 2016. Oh, I I was closest. Is Earth Day always on April 22nd? It is. Let me check on that. I hate you, Siri. Oh, yeah. It's always on April 22nd. So So I think I win because I was the closest. I'll give that one to you. I could. Okay, well, see, that just made me sound like an idiot now because I'm spouting (laughs) lots of random information that was absolutely wrong. (laughs) Let's talk about things that are right. Back to the Future <laughs> yeah. does still have somewhat of a legacy to this day. Obviously, we mentioned that you can still see the the, the uh, DeLorean yeah. outside. And, you know, Doc Brown will be out there from time to time, too. Uh, even in the Simpsons pre-show, there's, oh my God, a little, there's a clever little nod to Doc Brown in that. So definitely keep your eyes open. Don't, don't go to a theme park and just talk to people as soon as you hit an attraction. That's when your mouth <laughs> needs to stop moving. And you need to pay attention to what's happening around yeah, you. You know what? Don't even go with your family. Just go alone. Just... <laughs> Yeah, people should, really, theme parks should be treated like libraries, if you ask me. <laughs> no, an attraction should be treated like a library, and I will slap anyone who disagrees. There's nothing worse than getting on an attraction, and a pre-show video is also part of an attraction. It is the pre-show to the main show, and then sometimes you even have a post-show. It's all together in one complete form, but whenever you have someone talking through it, it just ruins the experience. Think about if the only memory you ever had of Back to the Future had some loud mouth a-hole sitting right behind you talking the entire time. That's not possible. It's not real. (laughs) Think about how you would feel about the ride then. You'd have to go at least 120 miles. Yeah, 88, that's (laughs) unlikely. They just picked that because it looks good together, two eights. No, it's Um, because it's an infinity loop. (sighs) Did you not know that? 
I didn't actually. It's to infinity. Loops. Why isn't that in one of those top ten blogs that you we know, were just talking when, about? When I <laughs> <laughs> Clickbait. Watch this episode of the Diz Universal, and you'll never believe that. You'll it find out why it's eighty-eight miles per hour. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of my favorite. When I when I like fa- figured that out one day, I was just like, Bleh. yeah. I think I was like eighteen. I never know. But uh, yeah, so Back to the Future ride still exists in the Simpsons ride in that little portion. Um, if you went to Halloween Horror Nights this year, you would have saw a little inside jokes during Bill and Ted's with Back to the Future the ride as well too. So it is something that Universal is still obviously very proud of. Hold and up on that note right there. Yes, is that a second DeLorean? No, that's just, if you look at it, it's not a customized DeLorean. It's literally... It's just somebody had it. They found a DeLorean yeah. in the Orlando area. It's a DeLorean that they just added on the exhaust to the back and the okay. Mr. Fusion and stuff. It okay. didn't have, like, all the, uh, the, the circuits and everything and running yeah, on it. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so Universal's still obviously proud of this product. So, uh, in terms of... In our whole Diz Universal Hall of Fame type of section, do we even need to vote on this? Or do, is it just an I accepted... Can, I don't know if I can vote. I didn't experience it. I mean, if I'm doing it, you know, if I'm voting conceptually, I would say yes. Yeah. But I, I didn't experience it, so... Yeah. Well, I don't that's... feel like my vote should count. Yeah, and, like, I wouldn't personally vote on it if I had the option because, again, it was like, like you, I haven't experienced it. I'm just I'm thinking though that this one should probably be added just for its importance in I, general. I wouldn't I wouldn't argue. Or with should that. we just should we leave it up to a vote no. still? Well, I mean, Rhino, I'm going to you since you're the only one who should have a fair and accurate response to this. As you know, I'm only a casual fan of these films. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I for me again, this is one of those like moments where this ride was a turning point in my theme park life because I was like, I can do attractions because of this ride. Although I was convinced that King Kong was going to take place hundreds of feet in the air, so I couldn't do that one. Mm. But um, but I. This this was the I don't know this ride had such an impact on me that I would I would vote for it just for that reason but I also think this is one of those rides where it's like ET it's based on one of Universal's most beloved properties of all the time and I think it did it justice as well I don't think it was like it did have a couple cheesy moments let's not you know we won't ignore those or anything like that but overall like this ride was a continuation of what we loved about movies and I think that's the definition of a successful a successful attraction okay. like an experience so, so basically so that's should, yes yes yeah well i understand so you think we should let people vote or we should just go ahead and declare it you think this should be like uh one of those like pins like you just pin it on like, yeah this is like a uh a posthumous uh a posthumous award that's given where they don't you don't need the whole voting you just understand that it's so important that they deserve it it's it, yeah it, it i think it should be one of those only because my fear is that you open up the voting and everyone who it's going to be like one of those like when we put an article up on the Diz, sometimes people just start commenting on the title rather than actually reading the information in the article so i think it'll be like well i never wrote it but i'm going to say no because it's just a simulator or something you know what i mean like okay well I, that's that's that then it is inducted i have the power where's your gavel i don't have a gavel why would i just have a gavel it's like the hoverboard i asked it like you often <laughs> care inducted was that styrofoam the- coffee cup gavel uh so yeah back to the future of the ride hopefully one day we get to see it in universal studios japan but uh that day is probably long 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 in our future if only we had a time machine to Find out when that happens. I don't, yeah, soon. That doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, so before we get going here, I want to say thank you. I hope you enjoyed our uh, geekiness here for the past little bit and uh, really, really got some useful information out of it. And if anything, I think I sold you on getting a Universal copy of Japan. Back to the Future <laughs> on going to Universal Studios Japan to see this or getting just a copy of the DVD or Blu-ray of Back to the Future. Um, so I'll actually include the links to it on Amazon so it can make your process put, put a lot the, easier. Put the link with the one that has the flux capacitor in it, too. Okay. Because that's a nice one. Yeah. That's limited edition, so... Well. 
you know, it might be gone at this point. So either way, yeah, I'll make sure everything that is necessary will be in the show notes. And of course, you can find our show notes at disunplug.com, uh, as well as anything else that we referenced in the show that is important or for any of our shows on the Dis Unplugged network, including the Disney World Edition, Disneyland, The Trip, and uh, Connecting with Walt, which is on hiatus now until January, whenever it starts back up. And remember, that's also where you'll find our contact section where you can get a hold of us if you need to. Um, you know, our email, uopodcast at disunplug.com or any of our personal crap if I put it up there yet. Still don't remember if I did. Either way, it's not important. I'm the only important one here. Uh, so uopodcast at disunplug.com. We'll all see it. And then remember, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that crap. Periscope. We're, we're getting ready at some point to Periscope. We, we are. We did. I know. Well, we're getting ready to Periscope again. Oh. Okay. I mean... You know, yeah. obviously we're not right now because we're not in the parks. We're doing this, but we will in the future. So be watching out if you want to watch our shenanery as we're walking <laughs> through a park. Uh, and then, of course, if you're not subscribed to us yet on YouTube or iTunes and you're just like, you know, watching this as a unsubscribed person or downloading it as an unsubscribed person, uh, stop that and subscribe and just make our lives all a little bit easier and i'd appreciate it and then of course leave feedback as much as possible hit thumbs up thumbs down write us a review say i hate the host why is he such so rude to everyone in the room uh, i'm a rude because i don't like them uh, but i'm forced to work with them and sometimes that's just the facts of life so again thank you all so much for being with us for this episode i hope you enjoyed it a little bit uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. We'll see you next time with another episode. But until then, remember... Uh, uh, hi. What? I, yeah, I can't keep stalling this Quick, much longer. No, I oh, push the button. Up, uh, the future. The, the future is universal. It's not its relative. It's not its relative.